Welcome to the Word of Life Center podcast. It's our desire that today's message would equip and empower you to see the Word of God bring life to your life. Start off with something funny. How many likes to laugh? Walter took his wife Ethel to the state fair every year. And every time he would say to her, Ethel, you know, I'd love to go ride a helicopter. But Ethel would always reply, I know that, Walter, but that helicopter ride is $50 and $50 is $50. (laughs) Finally, they went to the fair and Walter said, Ethel, Ethel, you know, I'm 87 years old now and I don't, uh, and I, if I don't ride that helicopter this year, I may never get another chance. Once again, Ethel replied, Walter, you know, that helicopter is $50 and $50 is $50. This time, the helicopter pilot overheard the couple's conversation and said, listen, folks, I'll make a deal with you. I'll uh, take both of you up for a ride. If you can both stay quiet for the entire ride and not say a word, I won't charge you. But if you say one word, it's $50. Walter and Ethel agreed and got up uh, and and they went up into the helicopter, took off. The pilot performed all kinds of fancy moves and tricks, but not a word was said by Walter or Ethel. The the pilot did death-defying tricks over and over again, but still there wasn't as much of a peep from either of them. When they finally landed, the pilot turned to Walter and said, Wow, I've got to hand it to you. I did everything I could to get you to scream or shout, but you didn't even say a word. I'm really impressed. Walter replied, Well, to be honest with you, I almost said something when Ethel fell out, but you know, $50 is $50. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, I love it, man. And you say, what does that have to do with your sermon tonight? Nothing. I just thought it was funny. What's the spiritual significance of that? Well, just laugh. Maybe help us all and laugh a little bit. Amen. You believe we ought to be able to laugh. I think, I think serving God, we ought to be some of the most fun people on the planet. Amen. The old sour people. People don't want to be around sour people. They want to be... Now people have got some life about them. Several, for a few years, um, I did some endurance racing in um, uh, bicycles, mountain bikes, and things like that. And uh, I would do what's called uh, marathon races. And so these mountain bike races could be anywhere from five to the longest one I did was almost nine hours up out in Virginia. And so did quite a bit of training and things like that. And so uh, one day uh, I noticed that uh, my left knee began to pop. So I would walk, and when I'm walking, my knee would pop. I mean, honestly, if you were walking beside me, it was so loud, you could hear it. Sandy, Sandy would be like, what is up with your knee? <laughs> pop, pop. About every fourth or fifth step, it would just pop. And so um, I go to the doctor. When I get, go to the doctor, they just do uh, some x-rays on it, and they look at the x-rays, and they say, Mr. Welch, we can't find anything wrong with your knee. I mean, the meniscus looks good, the you know, cartilage, all that. Everything looks good. A lot, you know, everything just looks great. So left there, and I'm like, this is not a figment of my imagination. It's popping. And so, so I was talking to a physical therapist, a friend of mine, and he said, um, he said you know, I've got, a, I've got a, a, a physical therapist friend, and I, I want you to come over, and, and I bet you this guy, he's sharp. I bet you he can figure it out. So we went over to his place, and, and so um, he had me put on a pair of shorts, and I put on a pair of shorts, and I stood there, and so I stood there a little bit, and he's standing there looking at me, and, and then I had to turn around, so I turned around, and he did some other things, and, and so I stood back up, and he said, all right, I said, I, I, think, I, I think I know what the problem is. 
I said, all right, well, tell me. He said, uh, number one, he said, uh, you, 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 you're a little bit bow-legged. And I'm like, man, don't be judging my legs. Come on now. <laughs> Hit a man where it hurts. I mean, talking about his legs. Come on. And he said, you know, you're, you're a little pigeon-toed. And I'm like, dude, we, you may start pointing out some of your deficiencies too. I mean, you know, get to the point. And he said, so, so what, what's been happening is when, you, when, you, when you're riding, you, we actually, we would, you, you clip in, your, 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 your shoes are, uh, have these little cleats and you clip into the pedals, right? So it helps you uh, pedal more efficiently. He said, so when, you, when you're clipping in, your toes are pointed inward a little bit. He said, so all, after all these years of riding, what has happened is, is that your hamstring, your hamstring is made up of three muscles and one of those muscles is weak. So if you'll just strengthen that muscle, what will happen is, is it will bring, it will correct the problem. You say, well, what was the problem? The problem was, is that my knee was out of alignment. Just slightly. It was slightly out of alignment. And he said, if you'll just do this particular exercise, he said, what it'll do is it'll strengthen that third muscle and it'll cause your knee to come back into alignment. Guy was brilliant. He was. I mean, just brilliant. Here, here is the point that I want to make in telling, that, in, in, telling, in telling that story. The moral of the story is anything out of alignment doesn't work right. Anything out of alignment, if it's physical, spiritual, whatever, anything out of alignment, it doesn't work right. Are you with me this evening? And if you want to understand, and I'm going to shift gears a little bit, but just stay with me. If you want to understand why you are the way that you are, it's imperative that you understand how God created you. If you want to understand why you are the way that you are, it's imperative that you understand how God formed you, how God created you. If you want to know how to move forward in your relationship with God and God's purpose, you've got to understand how God made you. How many in this room are have an urgency. I'll just say it that way. You have an urgency about moving forward in God's plan and in knowing God. Is there anybody here that you just have this urgency? Or are you one that's just like, you know what? I'm comfortable where I am. Got real quiet. I didn't see any hands go up. <laughs> uh, I mean, are, are you, let me just say this. Let me just say this. Sometimes I think in Christianity, we have, um, convinced ourselves that there's a place that you can get where you've arrived, right? In other words, you hear people uh, can pretty consistently say, if I could just get there, you with me? If I could just get there spiritually, mm, boy, it'd be great. If I, could just get, if I could just get where you are, like you are here and I'm here and you're there and I want to be there and if we could all just be there, this could be a song, right? If we could all just get there. Well, let me just announce something to you tonight. This will help you, all right? There is no place called there. There is no place called, there is no place where we say, you know what? I've got this God thing all figured out. I've got this purpose thing all figured out and I am just there. Matter of fact, if you believe that and you believe you are there, you need to grow. Amen. So there's always room for growth. So the question is this, how did God make me? How did God make me? How did God, how did God make you? Genesis 1, 26, listen very closely. 
says, then God said, let us, let us make mankind, let us make mankind in our image and in our likeness. Everybody say likeness. So that they may rule over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along uh, the ground. So God said this. He said, he said, he said, let us make mankind in our image and in our what? In our what? Well, what is God like? What is God? Well, the Bible says, and I can't go into a lot of detail because I don't have enough time, but the Bible says that God is a spirit. He's like big daddy spirit. He's like number one. He is a spirit. That, that is what God is. That is who he's like. He, he is, he's a spirit. Well, Paul said it this way, talking about how we're made. First Thessalonians 5, 23, it says, now may the God of peace sanctify you completely. Listen very closely. Talking about how we're made, how we're created. It's imperative that we understand this in order to move forward and grow. And, you're, and, and, and may your whole spirit your soul and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So here's how you're made. Number one, that you are a spirit. Now, I know when I said that, I'm telling you, I can sense there are people in this room. It's like, I have heard this so many times. Please, this is like Bible 101. And I had that a long time ago. Let me just say this. With, with the Bible and the word, don't ever check it off your list. Like I've heard this before. Check it off your list. You, you need to open your ears and your spiritual ears. Because most of the time, the thing that you resist the most is really what you need the most. So no, we resist hearing it. It's like, I've got that. You, you, need to, you need to open your ears and listen to what God's saying. You are a spirit. And that means that, means that when, you, when you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, listen to me, you're born again. Is there anybody in this room that's thankful, 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 thankful that we are born again, blood-bought? Come on now. Blood-bought. God's children going to heaven one day, living his life on this earth because we're born again. But if you don't understand that you are a spirit, that's, who, that's, what you're, that's, that's, that's the, the way that you create, that's the way that you're made. You won't even understand the new birth. But the reality is, is that when you were born again, spiritually speaking, now listen closely, closely. You, spiritually speaking, you were brought in perfect alignment with God. It was perfect alignment. It was like God was here before the new birth. God's here, you're here. But the moment that you confess Jesus Christ is your Savior, there was alignment. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 6, 17, that whoever, whoever is joined to God is one spirit. You've been hooked up. With God, your inner man has come to life. Amen. The, the, because you are this, uh, you are a spirit. That part of you is the most like God. That's what. That's the reason. That's the reason you'll live forever with God. It's because you've made that connection with God. Can there better amen than that? Amen. She came in alignment and and talking about the way you created and you have a body. Everybody gets that. That's what we take. What selfies. That's the reason we take like 75 of them. Filter, 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 filter. But you also possess a soul. You also possess a soul. Now, let me just say this again. When you were born again, your spirit, what? Perfect alignment. It's, It's perfect alignment. You have this body, but you possess a soul. Say, well, what is that? 
Do what? Are you sure everybody's got one of those? Yeah, everybody's got one. Because your soul is your mind, it's your intellect, it's your will. It's the seat of your emotions. It's where you form, listen to me, listen. It's where over time you begin to form uh, your beliefs, your belief systems and your values. Does anybody in here believe anything? Do you know you weren't born that way? You weren't born believing what you believe. That, that, that just happened over time. It's where you form judgments. It's where you form judgments, how you judge things. You judge life, you judge yourself, you judge others, you judge circumstances. It's judgment. And, and all of this is based upon your life experiences and what your soul has been exposed to over a period of time. That over time you begin to judge things a certain way. And it also, it also it's in your soul that you begin to form certain perspective. And that perspective is based on your experiences. Are you with me? How many like it deep? That's where we're going tonight. That's where where we form perspectives. it's, it's It's how that one person can look at the same thing that another person is looking at, look at, look at it. They can look at the same thing and have two completely different perspectives. I'll give you, I'll give you, I'll give you a story. Several um, years ago, uh, Stan and I were we were going out to Colorado to preach or something. Yeah, it had to been preaching for going up there. And so we were driving out the Texas Panhandle. Let me just say, if you've ever, if you ever traveled to Colorado and you're driving, do not drive out that way. Boring. I mean, you get up in that Panhandle. It's like, dear God, will we ever get out of Texas? You know, everything's bigger than Texas. Well, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> So it was one of those, it was one of those days, it was like a, a, a summer day, and it was one of those days where you want to drive fast, put the windows down, sunroof is open, and music blaring, and that's what Sandy and I were doing. We were just flying down the road and had music going, and so I'm just driving, and all of a sudden it was like, I smell something. <laughs> driving, smell something. It's like, Jesus, what has gotten this car? I mean, this is... See, we're driving along, driving along, driving along. Finally, Sandy and I are talking. I turn the music down and say, sweetheart, what is this smell? This is horrible. We, we shut all the windows and everything, turn on the air conditioner, trying to get the, you know, just trying to get, I mean, it is bad. So, so we're driving along and, I mean, we're just talking about how bad it, we're like, what is this? And over to the left, we see this big stockyard. You know what a stockyard is? Stockyard is where they put all these cow, these cows. I mean, there were cows everywhere, and there was the biggest piles of cow poop I have ever seen in my life. Where they just kind of, it was huge. And we're driving by this thing, holding our nose, and these people out there working, and we, I mean, people everywhere working. This thing was huge, and we're like, "How do people do this? How do you work on something like that?" Well, later I was preaching a message, and I, was, I don't remember what I was saying to use this story. But after I got through, there was this, there was this cow, old, tall, lanky cowboy kid that walked up to me. We were out west. He walked up to me and he said, Pastor John, he said, I like that story you told. I said, well, good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. He said, but you're talking about that smell. And I said, yeah. He said, you know what that smell means to us ranchers? And I said, no, I know what it smells like to me, but I'm interested to hear what you've got to say. He said, it smells like money to us. Now, listen, I smelled the same smell he did. I didn't smell money. I didn't smell, I smelled cow caca. That's what I smelled. 
get me, get me some Febreze or something in this car. Same smell. Listen, watch this. Different perspective. Why? Because he grew up experiencing certain things. So there were certain things that formed his perspective. I grew up a football coach's son. I wasn't around cows. I was around pigskin. That was about the closest I got, you know, football. That's about the clo- but what happened is, is that I had a different perspective, same smell, different what? Why? Because there were two different experiences that we had in our souls. That's why, listen, that's why David and Saul saw the same giant. It's why David and Saul saw the exact same giant. Saul said, don't go out there. He'll kill you. You're dead. David said this. Put it up on the screen if you don't mind. Uh, this is what David said. First Samuel chapter 17. First Samuel, First Samuel chapter 17. This is what David said. Here's his perspective. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. Experience. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he's defied the armies of the living God. He said, I'm ready to go. Let me have him. Let me at him. And Saul, his perspective was what? No, he's going to kill you. Why? Two different experiences. Same giant. What? Different, different perspective. It's in your soul is where your perspective is formed. Are you getting anything out of this? this, this now listen, it's, get this. It's not enough just to understand how you're made. In other words, you can sit here tonight and go, okay, I get that spirit, soul, body, soul, emotions, judgments, things like that. It's important that you decide that you're going to align your soul with God. Because if your soul is weak, your life will be out of alignment and it will not work well. Spirit, soul, body. If your soul is weak, your life is going to be out of alignment. And your life is not going to work well. Listen to me. Even though you're doing everything that you know to do, you're praying some, you come into church, you understand you don't work at church, you serve at church, you work during the week, you serve during the week, right? You're doing all that. But you're like, man, something's still not, my life is still not working right. I just, I just don't get it. Because if your soul is weak, remember I talked about the muscle, hamstring, three muscles? One was weak, out of alignment. Just wasn't working right. Same thing's true with our soul. Amen? Amen. So this is a reason that tonight I've titled this message Soul Alignment. Soul Alignment. The question is, how do I align my soul? Because, Pastor, I want my life to work right. How do I do that? Number one, I got to move pretty fast. I got more content than time tonight. So here we go. Number one, take notes. Take notes. Write this down. Calling my soul alignment. Number one, how do I align my soul? Number one, you have to take responsibility for your soul. You have to take responsibility for your soul. It's your soul. It's not mine, not your friends, not your wife, not your husband, not your past. It is your soul. So prior to, becoming, prior to being born again, uh, before you were aligned and connected with God spiritually, what's happened is, is that you were ruled completely by your soul. By the emotions and judge, you are completely ruled by your soul. Matter of fact, uh, 1 Corinthians 2.14 says, uh, but the natural man, 
the person that's ruled by their soul and their soul alone. The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. That's the reason, that's the reason before you were born again, you would hear some things about God and you would go, that just makes no sense. I'm trying to figure God out. You're not going to figure God out with your soul. All right? They're foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. So you live exclusively by your soul, your will and your mind and your, 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 your emotions. But listen to me. Listen very closely. Here's, here's where it hits home for folks in this room, and maybe you're listening. This hits home with you. It's possible to live like a soul man even after you're born again. It's possible. And I'm not saying this. Please trust me. If you know me at all, you're around me at all, I'm not the kind of guy that's judgmental. Matter of fact, I don't like, I don't like to be around people that are judgmental, especially spiritual elitist. It just bothers me. Spiritual elitist, be like me. No, 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 no. I, we don't want people to be like you. We want people to be like Jesus. Amen. Amen. And, uh, but, 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 but there are a lot of, there are a lot of believers today that are going through life. You're born again. You're going to heaven. But, but you've not aligned your soul with God. And, and so you're still living by your emotions. You're still making judgments that are not of God. You're still making choices and decisions based on what you think and you feel. How many of you know when you make decisions based on what you think and you feel, you are going to get messed up? Come on now. You're going to get messed up. Can I better amen than that? So you can still be going through life, but just life doesn't, life doesn't work right. The next point is this. You have to expose, expose your soul to God. You want, you want you to align your soul, right? You, you, got, you got to expose your soul to God. Listen, exposure brings alignment. Write that down. Exposure brings alignment. Your soul will always align with what you allow it to be exposed to. Are you with me? Your soul will always align with what you allow it to be exposed to. So when you expose your soul to God, your soul will begin to align with him. Are you following me? And so when, when that happens, your beliefs and values begin to change. What you value, what you believe, begin, your judgment begins to change. Listen, your perspective begins to change. When you expose your soul to God, you, your, your perspective begins. You begin to see yourself differently. You begin to see your life differently. You begin to see your past differently. You begin to see your future differently. You begin to see God differently. You begin to see people differently. And, and when, when it comes to people and that perspective change, that, that change in perspective, when that happens, what happens is you may look at a person that just a few months ago got on your nerves. Anybody ever had one of those in your world? My God, deliver me from this person. And I'm not talking about your husband or wife, so don't even, don't even go there. But she's like, help me, God. This person, they just get on my nerves. But you know, when you begin to expose your soul to God, 
there's alignment with him and your perspective about that person begins to change and you look at them and you go, I wonder why they do that. Maybe they're hurting. That's good teaching. We going deep tonight. It's the reason Paul said in Romans 12 too, it says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your what? There you go. There's your soul. He's talking about alignment. Then you're able to prove what is the good, the acceptable, perfect will of God. Then you get better at seeing God's will. What's God's will concerning that person, how I should respond to that person? Perspective changes. What's God's will concerning the way that I look at my past? Old things are passed away. What is the, what's my perspective towards the future? What's God's will about my future? Well, I believe I got a bright future. Might not look real great right now, but I believe God's working. He's got it. Amen? Practically, how do you expose your soul to God? I mean, it's just like, God, here's my soul. <laughs> Take it, God. You gave it to me. You fix it. <laughs> It's real simple. You expose it to God's word. Real simple. You expose it to God's word. That's the reason James one twenty one says, get rid of all the filth and evil in your lies. Watch this. Humbly accept the word of God that's just planted in your heart. Watch this. For it has the power to save your what? Say it this way. It has the power to bring your soul into alignment with God. Alignment. When you expose, how do we do it? James says it right there. Make a decision that you don't want to live the way that you've been living, right? Get rid of the filth. I got it. Nobody, listen to me. Everybody look at me. Nobody can make that decision other than you. You've got to make the decision that you're going to change. I've, I've been pastoring for several years now, a few. And I can tell you this. I have tried to preach people into changing. I've tried to counsel people into trying to decide to change. And finally, you know what? After a few years, I realized this. I can't talk them into it. I just can't. They're going to have to decide that they're going to change. That's what James is saying here. You've got to determine. You want to change. Can everybody raise me in that? Amen. All right. You, you, you want to be different. You want your life to be different. First thing he says. Then he says, accept the word of God. That's the reason he says, accept, humbly accept the word of God, which is planted in your heart. And then you'll have soul alignment. Your soul is exposed to God, which is his word, humbly accepting it. It's going to be changed. Are you with me? Now, here's the crux here. Pay close attention. Don't check out on this one. Got to get this part. It says humbly accept. Humbly accept. All right, get this. Super, super important. Everything that comes into your life from God comes in seed form. It's a kingdom principle. Everything. The, the, the money that you have in your pocket, when, when, you, when you're generous with it and you bring the tithe and the offering, do you, God doesn't see the dollar amount. He doesn't see dollars. And all that. Do you know what he sees? It's seed. When you're holding in your hand or you're getting ready to, you know, whatever you do electronically, it, he, he doesn't see it as just dollars and cents. He sees it as seed that's in your hand. And so what you're going to do with it is that when you bring the, the tithe, you're going to bring it and you're going to put it where it belongs, right? 
Well, well listen, the, the truth, God's word is the same thing. It's a seed. This is Bible 101. It's, it's a seed. So when, when, when we hear the word, we hear it, it's a seed that comes into our hand, so to speak. You following me? And we're, we're going to do one of two things with it. We're going to take it and we're going to look at it and we're going to, we're going to take that word or that seed and we're going to throw it aside. But if we're wise, we're smart, we're going to take that seed and we're going to accept it into our heart and our belief. And what does it do? It goes in and it begins to affect our soul. So it doesn't happen automatically. We have to make the decision that we're going to, number one, God, I'm exposing my soul, but we got to put it in our soul. It's got to get there. So, so you may be sitting there tonight and go, well, how, do, how does all that work? Why, why, would anybody, why would anybody take something as precious as God's word that can affect their soul and change their life? Why, why would a person throw it away? The answer is this. Often we look at it and we go, well, I don't understand it. I, I, don't, I, I don't understand it. This doesn't make any sense to me. Are you following me? Because you're going to do one of two things with it. You'll throw it away or you accept it. So, listen, this is so cool. So, what makes the difference? How do we do this? When you hear the word of God, follow this, you trust it. You trust it. Everybody listen to me. When you hear God's word, you read it. Listen, it, this is the way it works. You trust it first, and then you understand it. You, you, don't, you, don't have, you don't say, God, I don't understand it. You trust it, and then you understand it. I'll, I'll use this example. Several, several years ago, actually, this is my first study Bible that I got when I went into the ministry. This is, uh, this is, sorry, <laughs> it's falling apart. Man. It's, 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 matter of fact, look, these pages are falling out. I mean, by, by the way, yeah, this is a Bible. <laughs> this is a Bible. Here, hold them to their smartphones, they're like. I thought this was a Bible. No, it's in there, but <laughs> this is the way I started back in the day with my Bible, you know. And I do, I love the electronic, the technology we have and all that, but I still, I still like my Bible. So I remember I opened my Bible one day and I read, this is one of my life scriptures. This is one of my life scriptures. It says, therefore, if anyone, 2 Corinthians five seventeen. therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. This is the New International Version. And I remember, I remember I read that. Therefore, if anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. I'm going to be quite honest with you. The first several times I read that, I didn't understand it. I, I, did, I didn't understand it. But, you know, I had been taught this. I had been taught this. You can trust God's word. You can trust God's truth. Because trusting God's word is trusting God. You, you can't trust God unless you trust his word. Can I have a better amen than that? Amen. I've been taught that. 
And I'm so thankful that I taught that because I didn't, I didn't understand it, but I knew I should trust it. And so what I did is instead of throwing that aside and say, I don't get it, I just said, God, I don't understand it, but I'm still going to trust you. And what happened is, is that it came into my heart. It got on the inside of me. And I just kept thinking about it. I kept talking about it. I kept going back and rereading it. And you know what happened? There was an alignment that took place. It was an alignment. I'm telling you today, you will never talk me out of the fact that my past is gone. You'll never talk me out of the fact that I'm connected with Jesus and what flows in Jesus flows in me. You'll never convince me that I'm not the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus because I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. It's alignment, man. Are you following me? But here's the deal. People, again, there's people always struggle with it. I got to understand it. No, 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 that's not the way it works. You trust. Trust that it's, it's God's word. Trust that and then you understand. That's the reason Proverbs said don't uh, uh, trust in the Lord with what? Don't what? Lean to your trust first. Look, guys, we trust things all the time that we don't understand. How many bridges you drive across? How many airplanes do you get on? Do you understand about how an airplane works? No, you just trust it. You trust that those engineers knew what they were doing. You don't understand how your phone works, but I promise you, you trust that thing. <laughs> Let me ask you a question, then why won't we trust God? Come on, it's good, come on. So I wrap up this evening, we've got to wrap up real quick. So if I get somebody up on the platform real quick, I'm, I'm done. I'm out of time. Alignment is an ongoing process. Take a note, write that one down. Alignment is an ongoing process. Ephesians 4, 23 through 24 says, now your attitudes and your thoughts must be all, watch this, your attitudes and thoughts must all be constantly changing for the better. You see the word constantly? Constantly? You've been walking with God four days or 40 years. Constantly. And you know why? You know why? Because we live in a world that's constantly bombarding our souls in an attempt to pull you out of alignment. It's constant. It's constant. And see, the enemy is very smart. I just said it this way. The world is like the enemy stage. It's like the enemy stage. And he's pulling strings and he's doing all this stuff. He's the ultimate illusionist. He's the ultimate. And there are lies constantly. Do you know right now today in America, more people don't trust authority? They don't trust the news? Look at me. Do you think that's by accident? Oh, no. No, 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 no. If you connect the dots, it's the enemy is working. Because if he could create... And he can, people begin to get this in their soul that trust, I can't trust anybody, then, then you could lean towards not trusting God and his promises. Are you following me? So 
you, you got to keep your soul in alignment. Stay, look, get in the Word. When I say get in the Word, just like we did the journals or the uh, prayer guides, we, we've got stuff like that available for you. Our life groups, we're getting ready to launch groups here soon. And, and we've, got, we've got some groups called uh, Keys of Freedom. I encourage you, get in those. I would, I would say this. We have, we'll have a lot of semesters of life groups. At least one semester, get in a Keys to Freedom group. Get in one. Because it's talking about alignments, getting some of the garbage out of our souls. Get alignment. Because our soul won't stay in alignment. Huh, let me just, last, last little thing here, example. We live in Louisiana, right? How many knows our roads in Louisiana are pretty rough? He knows that if you get your car aligned, it's not going to last but about 20,000 miles. You've got to go into another alignment. Why? Because you've been driving and it's been hitting stuff. Your soul is the same way. You've got to keep it in alignment. Get in a life group. Get in a church. Go to Discover. And I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying this to be funny. Get in Discover. Build relationships. Because if you get around people that think right, you've got a better chance of thinking right. You're around people with a godly perspective, you got a better chance of having a godly perspective. Our groups are so important. So, so important. Why are we talking about this? Because when there's alignment, life works better. When there's alignment, our life works better. Amen? Thanks for listening to the Word of Life Center podcast. You can connect with us on Facebook and Twitter or at our website, wordoflifecenter.org.